I want to do a bit of a would you rather battle here, Matthew. There are two men that we're doing. So, oh, said that poorly. That's an innuendo. Welcome to F24U, the show about second tier race car drivers, hosted by second tier sports analysts. I'm your host, Jashan. Keen for a fun podcast today. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Matthew. How are you, sir? So, if a was is going to Super Formula, okay. what tier does that make him? Uh, 1.5. Oh, okay. We, go, we reckon Super Formula is better than Formula 2 all of a sudden. Okay. Absolutely. 100%. So if I'm making my prediction drivers. right now. Rotomo Miyata is winning F2 next season by at least 100 points. <laughs> uh, we'll see what uh, Antonelli has to say about that. That's <laughs> a good fetch out. <laughs> um, in that case, if Terry Pusher and Fred Vesti are reserve drivers next season, what tier does that make them? Um, 1.6. Like 1.25? <laughs> no, 1.6. You reckon Super Formula is better than being the guy? No! If no. your team's driver gets shot, you're a no. clown. 1.25 goes all right. And no one's shooting any F1 drivers. Calm down. Well, mate. 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 They've got to visit America at some point. <laughs> There's always the possibility. Logan Sargent grew up in America still, and he's still going well, still, strong. They have to visit Florida. Florida. Yeah. Okay, moving on from Florida, we are obviously here to talk about the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Uh, in terms of Formula 2, obviously, we'll be doing our F1 review in a couple of days, so keep your eyes out for that one on onlinehubmedia.com. Check it all out. It's good content. Ah, plug out the way. Weight off my shoulders. Now let's get stuck into it. Yes. But first things first, the news. Yes, Matthew, there is news to talk about. Shall we talk about the news? Uh... Yeah, oh, this could be saucy. Agree with me. I need the validation. I hope you enjoy... Oh, no, yes, we should. I hope you enjoy editing out loud rain noises in the background of this. Oh, is it raining? Uh, It looks like it's going to. Ah, fantastic. I I will have fun. It's about to be the apocalypse. It's like, I honestly need to put... It's fucking midday, and I need to turn the light on, because, like, it is dark, dark. That's mental. This is bait... You know, so remember my remember my room at Indrapilly and how like it never really got dark because I had the fucking lights from <coughs> Indra yeah. shops. Yeah. This is arguably darker than my room at midnight at like Indra. <laughs> mm. That's brutal. Uh, good stuff. Oh. Classic, uh, classic Brisbane. Let's be real. Classic Brisbane. Shit's crazy. Speaking of rain, uh, for the love of Christ. Of- no, no, no! This is a perfect. I can't, I'm making a segue. If it you rains make a, a lot segue, in Japan. make a segue. Yeah, it's speak, speaking enough. of rain, it rains a lot in Japan. <laughs> Come on, I've teed you up. That's terrible. <laughs> speaking of rain, it also rains in this country. <laughs> and who's from Japan? Uh, I can't. I can't even with that. Okay, yeah. All right. You know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is from Japan? <clears throat> Yuma Awasa is from Japan, and it is all but confirmed that Mr. Awasa will be leaving Formula 2. Now, obviously, uh, we'll talk about the actual races in a moment, once we've um, done all the news and whatnot, but 
at this point in time, let's say hypothetically, Awasa could still have won the championship. Who knew? But regardless, he's going to end up in Super Formula next season. Is the is kind of the uh, the idea? It's not been confirmed, confirmed yet. But it's like a 95% rumor type situation. So I'll ask you, Matthew, how do you think Owasa will do over there in Super Formula, given that Liam Lawson came second? I think he'll do quite good. He'll still mm. have the Red Bull backing. I imagine he'll be going to a top team. He's I don't think he's as good as Lawson, but he's he'll a go, very, he'll, very good He's driver. replacing Lawson like in the exact same team at Team Mugen. So um, I, I think he'll be in the championship fight for sure. Mm. I don't see any reason not to. He, he is a very good driver. He's pretty um, decent. For all things worth that. I would just like to say, but based off everything we know of rumors or actual confirmations, I find it very curious. If you look at the standings, top four are all leaving the category. Fifth, and then fifth through 16th, with the exception of Daruva, based off mm. everything we know, are all remaining next year. Mm. Uh, and then one of them we also... Oh, wait, basically, it's top four are gone. 12th in Daruvla, 17th in Novelak. Otherwise, every other driver in the top 20 is uh, remaining. Mm. Which is honestly... Wasn't... Yeah. Yeah, oh. like, not... From 22 drivers on the grid, that Leclerc, means... Leclerc Josh... might be leaving as well, and Novelak is gone. Um, yeah, okay. Did I not? I thought I saw Leclerc's seat for the... Oh, yeah, no, sorry, you're right. Sorry, no, I forgot. Yes, Leclerc, Leclerc is gone. Leclerc yeah. is supposedly going to uh, sports cars, which I think is a great spot for him. Yeah. I think he'll work pretty good there. He's, 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 he's more of a tier 2.3, let's be real. We've got to really nail down these tiers. But uh, yeah, so uh, Awasa will be going over to Japanese Super Formula to kind of do what Lawson did, and he'll be retaining his Red Bull backing while doing so. And someone who was... Uh, not retaining his Red Bull backing, allegedly by his own choices, Jack Crawford. We mentioned this on last week's podcast. It has now been confirmed that he is going to dams to replace Awasa. Um, it, do you see this as an upgrade or a downgrade for the young American? Oh, for the young American, it's an upgrade. For dams, this could be a generationally bad year. <laughs> 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 Maybe not generationally, but considering... Yeah. They've had some relatively lofty heights off the back of Awasa and his teammate, man person. Elta Leclerc. Oh, yeah, that's the one who's done enough. Yeah, he's done things. He's driven cars. <laughs> I think Crawford will probably fall somewhere. Ah, uh, yeah. Assuming there's a bit of positive regression and he's not got, doesn't get too cool. But I mean, a big thing will be how strong are the rookies coming in. Mm. We obviously, even though it's a huge leap forward in his career, we kind of all expect Antonelli to cook. Yes, yes, we do expect I Antonelli. Yes, there's um, is it Miata. Miata, Rotoma Miata. Yes, I think there's a decent chance he cooks. Mm. And I'd certainly back Bordoletto into cooking. So it's it's kind of a a race between the 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 you know sophomore improvement that we almost we do normally see. Yeah. Slightly better team. But also does he get rever the reverse of the you know, his three rookies who may well all come in better with him, too many people leaping him in terms of how much he'll gain up. I don't mm. know. I think I'd back Crawford to do slightly better in the championship than he did this season, but I, I don't see him coming to the Awasa level. I, no. I'd top him out at 100 points. Probably less, if I'm honest. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I expect Correa to contribute less than Leclerc does. So I think we're going to see a pretty heavy regression from Dams that finished fourth this year, almost third. I could see that slipping back to more like the sixth, seventh. I, I can see them falling back to much closer to like seven, eight, really. Like where, where MP and High, um, sorry, Van Aversmore and High Tech are this season. Yeah, because his rumored so Crawford's dance. rumored uh, teammate is one Manuel Correa, uh, the veteran, who obviously comes with a fair bit of money and has made a miraculous comeback since that crash. Um, I think what well, whenever was that 2019, 2019, I think. 2019, 2019, 2019, 2018. So it's a yeah. it's a beautiful story, but he's not necessarily setting the world um, alight with his performances this season, and he's no. maybe not the strongest candidate to partner Jack Crawford at Dams. I mean, look, to be fair, to be perfectly fair, um, I'm looking at the 2022 Formula 2 Championship, and Dams' uh, lineup then was uh, Roy Nassani and Ayumu Awasa with, a, with an appearance from Luca Giotto. Then obviously they changed Roy Nassani for Yahomi Arta Leclerc, and now you've got Crawford and Crea. So it's not, you know, it's not... Hardly the worst lineup they've ever had. The, uh, bit, the big, the big issue is the loss of Awasa, and yeah, the fact I feel Crawford is a fairly significant step back in terms. He, he might of, with you know with with his freedom from um uh, Red Bull. This make... is also this is also possible in that. Mm. In saying that, I did actually. I mean. This guy, this is a worse lineup than I predicted to them. I will just say, in my blind allocate, remember, because I did mine blind. Yeah. I pre- I put Crawford in the damn seat, so uh, the match yeah. for Dharma strikes the again. The match for Dharma strikes again. This is Didn't true. even need to read a rumor article. That's huge points to me. You had Bordoletto <laughs> and Fitter Powder, you fucking clown. <laughs> you, should, you should probably resign in disgrace with... Um, intelligence like that that's just yeah i've also i also got my need correct which we'll get to in a second so fuck you yes although we both completely missed the mark with the club yeah you know what fine we'll get to it we'll get to it now because obviously like most of the things we'll be talking about now before we get to the racing will be rumors but there have been some confirmed news as well so virtuosi completely new lineup cordial's been fucked off allegedly will be in this in the category still but for a different team we're not sure yet Jack Dewan is off as well, um, whether to be a reserve driver for Alpine or perhaps go over to WEC, etc. Remains to be confirmed. But they are replacing them with Gabriel Bortoletto, the McLaren Jr. And this is kind of fun. Um, alongside Kushmini, the Alpine Jr. So Alpine and McLaren, they just can't stay away from each other. They just got to keep beefing. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, already, of the early lineups, I mean, we only know, of the rune lineups, I think Antonelli Behrman is obviously... For oh, this mate. Is, mate. For, mate. Okay, so this this season, Prima was just clearly, obviously, my favourite lineup because my, like, sort of joint favourite returning driver and best yeah. deal alongside, like, Dewan was joined by easily my favourite of the kids in Behrman. Next season, it's just, I think, no matter how you want to spin it, you've got to accept it's run away the most intriguing lineup because we've all seen the consistency needs to come, and that's what you back to have come in the year two. Mm. Bearman, I think, showed more. Well, okay, showed probably a similar number of flashes to Martins. I think. Yeah. Give or take, those two comfortably showed the most flashes. 
of like, yeah, it, it's here. This is a special night. And obviously, Antonelli is one of the most hyped. Yeah, he's, he's, he's insane. Yeah, in theory, he's going to so be the So that's that. But behind that, Virtuosi. Oh, that's an intriguing lineup. Yeah, this is their best I lineup. And uh, like, all due respect to Doohan, I think this is the most complete lineup they've had, obviously, because Doohan had shitty. Teammates. Yeah, I think I think the big thing here is Bortoleto has the potential to be Doohan level. It's still, it's just, it's so hard for me to read Bortoleto's true level, just simply because there just there's no one apart that no one in that F three field last year really sort of like leapt out left off at me so this year mm. as like real just i don't know yeah, yeah there's just not those real elite names like i don't know what it was like just last year i was able to see it there throughout the season and i was like yeah martin maloney bearman like these are all serious uh, even like hadja on that are all guys who like you may really be like yeah this is this is him like at this level at least this is a him yeah, yeah. Uh, Bordoletto is, uh, yeah, just is Bordoletto a him? Doesn't feel <laughs> is Bordoletto him? Oh, that that's the thing. I just I don't know what it is. This this field just year this year just didn't feel like the same sort of level as I've seen the last few in that. I mean, mm. it feels super hyped. So, like Bordoletto was incredibly convincing. As I said, I think he's the cream of the crop. But I'm like, is it just this was a really weak field, or was this actually a perfectly fine field? And Bordoletto is very good. It's just not felt as flashy and screamed as much. So I'm very curious to see where we sort of settle it. But Bordoletto is the guy who could come in and, yeah, be sort of that doing level. And Kushmine represents the first time since Joe moved up to the big leagues that they've actually got a good set. Because this used to be a team that used to feel like an exquisitely talented lineup. The oh, first yeah. year I started watching this, it was Joe. We obviously never won a championship, but we know his prowess in this category. Yeah, and the other good. man was Callum Eilat. I think Eilat should have won that title uh, in that season, and he just kind of lost his way down the stretch. Hey, he choked, brother. Um, yeah, and Mick just Mick just decided to be like the second coming of his dad for like the back half <laughs> of the F2 season, and then we've never seen that again in any form of motorsport. I'm glad you could finally accept that Mick Schumacher was a little bit shit in F1. Like, good man. Oh, yeah. I'm proud of you. Pick one to win the battle, Bordoletto or Kushmine. Bordoletto. Even though Miney has an extra year of experience? I just, yeah, I still do, as I said, I so I struggle to truly evaluate him, but I still just, even if it's not like Bam and Maloney kind of like, oh my god, X-Factor blows you away, that drive was insaneness. He's got, I do think he does have something intangible, and he just churns out results. Like, yeah, he with a little bit of more, more like from that, but very similar to like the way Porsche did the title this season. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> just, just relentless being there. Or like how Piastri did it, how Dragovic did it. Just a relentless being there and just not having the horrific days. And yeah, you know, in the case of Dragovic Piastri, they also did a huge number of mm. like really good days. But just, yeah, almost no bad days. Just constantly being there. And I just think even as a rookie, I think there's a decent chance he could just churn out a lot of top tens. Marnie could still be a bit streaky. It could be interesting. It could be very close. Mm-hmm. Marnie is definitely the best. Well, whichever of them is worst, I feel comfortable saying is obviously the best two driver they've had since Drogovic. Probably since Isla. I can see them both having better. Drogovic struggled 
that year he had at Virtuosi. And I can he see did, both yeah. these guys doing better than he did. Uh, and obviously, they've had nothing to write home about for two straight years. Sato was miserable. Cordiel was an improvement on Sato. But still... <laughs> Just about. <laughs> whilst it wasn't... Whilst it wasn't... Oh, no, he was clearly better than Sato. Sato was nowhere at all. Cordiel yeah, yeah, yeah. at least possessed an ability to pull off like a good quality lap or something or be up there and then just fall away during a race. But Sato could never even get up there to begin with. Cordiel was an intriguing signing when it happened because he had was fresh off a really hot three weekend. I saw right through season. him and you know oh, it. Oh, you did. You did. You did. But it wasn't, at least when Sato signed, it was genuinely just like, what <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, Cordiel yeah, yeah. was like, okay, I can see the thought process here, but I think you probably could have targeted someone better. Yes. And yes, Cordiel panned out the way you thought he would compared to the way I thought he would. Yes. Um, but yeah, both of these two should be right. So it's a very solid... Scored less points this season than last season, which is insane. Yes. A very solid um, driver lineup. Yeah. No, I'm happy for uh, Virtuosi. I think they've made a, a, some good decisions here. Some good decisions. Now, um, those are the last kind of... Oh, actually, it is also confirmed that Paul Aaron has parted ways with the Mercedes uh, Junior Programme. Oh really? Yes. Which is I don't uh, understand. I don't understand junior academies at this point. No. Well, let's fucking let's I... talk about it. So Maloney and Fittipaldi apparent allegedly both dropped from Red Bull. Jack Crawford we know gone. Pepe Marti signed. So yeah, Hager dropped. Pepe Marti signed. Hajar retained. Now of Maloney, Crawford, and Hajar, Hajar scored the least points, and yet he's the yes. one who's getting retained. Sorry, and Fittipaldi. He's Hadjar scores the least points, does you know impresses the least, quite frankly, and he's the one who gets retained. I'm confused. I would. I think. I think Crawford. As I said, I think Crawford probably had some influence in himself. I would still keep Hadjar over Crawford because I still think we've not seen it at all this season. But I still think there's a ceiling there for Hadjar mm. that I've just throughout all the stuff that I think I've seen it to be higher than what I've ever seen from Crawford. And based off what we saw in year two and a little bit in this category in a better team at the back year of the academy, I'm fine with retaining Hadjar over Fittipaldi just because Fittipaldi having not taken that full second season leap you would perhaps have expected him to, to me possibly kind of says, okay, mm. this is Fiddy's level. I don't know right. whether Fiddy's really going to go higher than this ever. Whereas Hadjar... Could still come out off. We've seen people have a really bleak rookie season. Hadjar mm. could come out next season, and he could cook them all and win the championship, and I wouldn't be that surprised. That that stuff happens. So I get keeping Hadjar there. It's not. It's letting Maloney go, despite the fact that he was clear-cut the best of all of them, really, Yeah. considering he was a rookie. That And you've only just signed him at the start of the season. That I find a bit head-scratching. It's, it's um, very confusing. Aaron... Aaron kind of makes sense if they got obviously they've got Vesti who's going to sit in their slot and be the reserve driver you'd expect yeah, next I guess, season. Do they want to just focus purely on Antonelli? Like? And you've got Antonelli. Where does Aaron fit in? Because he's not going to oh, be there a before. Fair like, number if, if three a seat, guy. <laughs> yeah. If a seat suddenly opens up, Vesti's going in it, and I think there's a decent chance Vesti takes it with both hands. And otherwise, in a few more years' time, yeah, yeah it's Antonelli. Wait, if you don't, if you think Antonelli's uh, not going to be in F1 by next season, you're crazy. He's going to be an 18-year-old driving an F1, bro. You watch. <laughs> I'm all in. 
I'm all in on Antonelli. Let's only, go. Only one, only one man can defeat Max. <laughs> yes, it's Ant. It's Max. It's a Max man named Kimmy. <laughs> it would be nice if Andrea Kimmy Antonelli got coached by Kimmy Raikkonen. I would like that. That would be pretty good. Alas. But yeah, so that's the final confirmation in terms of news. But we've also got just a plethora of rumours. Would you like to hear some rumours, Matthew? I do love rumours. Rumours! The juiciest rumour and the one I want to head off with is obviously... Okay, so Carlin. uh, Decent season. Maybe not as as good as we'd uh, hoped, I think, with Maloney and Fittipaldi there. We were both pretty high on this. They finished third, just... Spoiler, but um, maybe not quite as exciting as possible. But they're retaining Zane Maloney, allegedly, and allegedly joining him is a man by the name of Rotomo Miyata. Now, let me talk to you. Yeah! <laughs> I didn't even mean that. That was great. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah! Yeah! Miyata is the reigning Super Formula champion, so obviously he beat Liam Lawson over there. Uh, just... He's 24 years of age, he's got Toyota backing, and he's getting sent over to Europe to compete in F2, and I also think Le Mans. Yes, um, LMP2. Right, yeah, European there you Le Mans go. Series. With so, cool racing. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> They're called cool racing? That's great. Um, so it's, you know, technically it's unknown who will drive for, but the heavy rumour is that he'll be joining Maloney and Carlin. Uh, and just for a kind of a bit of um, a comparison's sake, Miata competed against Tsunoda in Japanese F4 in 2017 and apparently dominated Yuki, according to this article I've read. So, well, and all, I mean, also, he he just won Super Formula. Yeah, he's a Super Formula Against Liam champion. Lawson. Yeah. Who we all, ever, who literally, I'm not sure I've seen a comment or anything, a voice on any thread, forum, social media post that doesn't actually think Liam Lawson is F1 quality and should have a seat next season. I know. Miata beat, Miata beat him in Super Formula. So yeah. there could be something so there. He, the kid's good. So, all right. It I'll, will you know. probably be, I think, just based off age, if he got any big aspiration for Formula 1. And it also makes you wonder whether... Because yeah, obviously we got uh, Rio Hirakawa, who's in the McLaren. Yeah. Toyota's <coughs> behind the scenes. Toyota's making planning moves. a run it, planning a run it, returning to Formula One, maybe. Yeah, maybe. They said they're never going to do. Let's add but, two more yeah. fucking teams. Let's add a Toyota. Um, let's add Andretti. Let's fucking go. I, I do think he almost needs to rookie season win it for Miata. Like he'll be twenty five mm. at the end of you know year one or what. And he's very didn't old stop Roy Dasani. Oh, I'm not worried about him staying at this, but, like, if he's going to be going to Formula 1, I think he needs to basically make instant impact, you know, dust this collection of guys we know who are either in, like, a year three, like Hauger, who we think should be able to be really strong, Hauger will enter next season as, I reckon, no worse than a top three title favourite, simply by being back in year three. (laughs) The really strong rookies this season, Martins, Bam, and Maloney, who we can all see being very, very, very good in year three, uh, sorry, year year two, and, you know, a wonder kid like Antonelli. If he comes in, trounces all of them, there's a seat in Formula 1 racing. If he doesn't... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's probably more likely to end up in that Le Mans program. Yeah. Still a pretty good spot to that. Toyota will It's exciting, though. I'm excited. I, I think that two years in a row, Carlin are just... They're just dropping them sexy lineups. Very excited. Very excited. Also, just adds to the ever-growing pool of Japanese drivers 
that AlphaTauri would be better off putting that seat than Sonoda if they are kind of just okay. keeping Sonoda. Okay, bro. Sonoda just had like the best race weekend of his career. Yeah, I know, and Miata dusted him in Super Formula, and Awasa like, still has seven potential. Seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. And what's Sonoda done since? Yeah, Nothing. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. This isn't the Yuki Sonoda podcast, at least not yet. Moving forward, uh, Amori Cordiel expected to switch teams. Do not necessarily know where the destination is, but it looks like it's going to be high tech. Now, I'll give you this lineup. Allegedly, he's joining high tech alongside the recently dumped from Mercedes Paul Aaron. Uh, this is a this is regression for high tech, surely. Well. Because they've gone... Uh, Crawford and Hadjar this year. They've gone from one in... Sorry, two, a pair of two intriguing upside guys to one intriguing upside guy and one... Shitter. Solidish floor, no... no oh, he's not... Uh, he's not... He's a shitter. He's, he's just... He's just not, though. He's not... Okay, depends eight, eight what points, you define. Eight points, eight points this season in a championship contending car. He's a shitter. See, I don't... Yeah, okay, but he got more points than that, or a similar number of points to that last season in a non-championship contending car. I don't... Yeah, I, I just... I don't think... Okay, it depends what your definition for shitter is. Okay, do you have a tier below shitter that is the tier inhabited by the likes of Benavidez, Josh Doletta, Mason, Roy Nassani, Josh Mason, those types? Unfortunately, Roy Nassani has scored points, so he is just shitter. But yes, there is a tier below shitter. Okay, then I can live with Cordell being in that. Because he's not the... There is absolutely the worst, no. no way this guy could should be in the category. No. He is probably... I'd say he's a slightly scaled up version of FF2 of, like, Latifi. Yeah. Obviously... There are people out there that you'd probably be better bet putting in the seat, but he's not like, oh my god, it's an aberration to the sanctity of this category <laughs> that he's here and that. Oh. But yeah, but he is what he is, is a huge step back from whoever you feel was the worst out of the pairing of Hadjar and Crawford. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, I see doing similar sorts of things. In saying that, though, I honestly, I expect, I actually kind of expect Cordiel to bounce back a little bit and probably do, I can see him having the best season of his career by at least points in that, just because I think it'll be the right level of balance of experience. I think it's one of those ones where if you're out of your depth at what Virtuosi is probably looking for, I think that probably makes it harder because there's more pressure and expectation there. Mm. I don't think they'll, that'll be there at this high-tech seat. So I think it'll be more of a conducive environment for him to do a bit better, but do as much as, you know, Hadjar this season? No. So, yes, it's mm. a definite step back for high-tech. Yeah, agreed. Um, now, there are three more driver lineups that are rumoured that I will run by you, and I want you to rank them for me on a, a scale of excitement, first to third. We are running, you know, we've we got to start talking about the race, so I just want to hustle through these ones. Uh, VAR, Rafael Villal-Gomez, who has, by the way, scored uh, four combined points in three seasons of F3, partnering with Enzo Fittipaldi. Lineup number two, Isaac Hadjar and Pepe Marti driving for Campos. Roman Stanek and Richard Vashore at Trident 
And finally, Ralph Boschong and Joshua Dirksen at PHM. Fum. By Fum. Rank those one to four for me. <laughs> Execution. So, so, sorry, sorry. You mean, so it was Trident, Fum, yes. Campos, and, and who was VAR. the other one, sorry? And VAR. And VAR. Okay. Number one is Campos. 100%, yes. Uh, Marty that's, that's sneakily is, like they could replace dams up there in like a top four five situation. They they're really good if they can work a little bit on maybe the setup on the car and the tire lash struggles they seem to have at the time. I would argue that this is one of the rare lineups away from maybe the top of the grid where this has got better and this has got mm. markedly better. Yeah, these two actually have ceiling, something that Ralph Boschon, with all due respect, does not. Yes. and while Miney d- d- does absolutely have it. I'd still feel like both of these guys at least start next year with a higher ceiling than I even think Kushmani does in year two at a better team. So it's exciting. I could see I could see both of these guys being top ten in the standings next year. Uh if the Campos is able to give them a setup to do it. So it's easily yeah, yeah. Campos. I would then probably back in Trident. Yeah, because there are are flash because obviously in terms of floor honestly for me it's a toss up between Vashur and Fittipaldi but for the best of this bunch Vashur is such a solid consistent driver yeah he's he's very very good he will win a race next season he will have one or two podiums outside of that I'd feel pretty confident in saying that yeah 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 and Stanek could give something he could see a bit of a year two bump and he'll give a little bit more. Uh, then, by virtue of Fiddy being there, whilst Rafa Villa-Gomez, I think, could be yeah. Brad Benavidez levels of absolutely nothing. <laughs> Fiddy's pretty good. And the, the, VAR pretty team, good. the VAR team is sneakily pretty handy with their car yes. and their setup. So. I can also see Fiddy, as much as I've said, oh, I'd still go um, Trident. Just because I'm backing, uh, that's a little bit more. I'm thinking Stanley could jump from say uh, 15 points this season to like 40, 50. Yeah, for sure. I can just see doing a similar level around the 100 point mark. I could see Fiddy bumping back up from say the 124. He's well, I can see Fiddy definitely getting around the 120 school this year, if not bumping up ever Maybe. so slightly. Maybe he pulls a Felipe Drogovic when he goes that's down to the lesser team. You know, that's like... kind of what I am thinking is possible. Yeah. But I don't see Billy Gomez adding a single point. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, and then obviously last is Boshung and Dirksen. Fum is in dramas. Dirksen truly could be... I think this could be Alessio Deletta levels of... This is just... No. <laughs> and I think Deletta's the worst we've ever seen. Bollock Bashi, I don't think, was far off it. Bollock Bashi! Yeah, this could be really bad. And I just don't see how Boshong is going to be able to do anything particularly more in this car than what, you know? He could get a point. I think Sony. I will predict right now Fum will oh, get a point. Oh, I think he can do po- a point. But, like, it's still every other team on the grid. That's the thing. It's not like they were narrowly off it, or, you know. Every other team on the grid has, like, at least, like, yeah. 30 points or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, Trident has yeah. 43 points. They're coming last, Fum. Again, like, Fum scores 100%. 10 points next year or something, maybe? 100 million percent. 
Alright. Alright, and look, like that, all of the those items we just mentioned are heavily rumored but not confirmed yet. Obviously, if they do get confirmed, we'll talk about it uh, in future podcasts. But for now, there was, a, you know, a race to talk. Well, two races, yeah. in fact. Um, and a qualifying you know session. Con- and you know what, Matthew? Oh, You're the qualifying boy, so talk, talk to me about qualifying. You know what, you know what is confirmed? The qualifying <laughs> results. Uh, also, the fact that good I didn't stuff. watch the full F- I didn't watch the full F1 qualifying session this weekend. I just watched the seven-minute highlights. Sick. Same. Didn't have time. Too busy. Yeah, that's what you always do. I actually watch qualifying, but I just couldn't find yeah. a way this weekend. But yes, qualifying. Alpine dominated. Mm. One, two, three for the Alpine Academy with Kushmani. Yeah, good for point. Alpine. Jesus, that's kind of cool. Um, doing Martin's Kushmani. Uh, I think you'd like and to then... see that if you're Alpine. And then three Red Bull associates, the four, five, and six. Of which only one is still going to be a Red Bull yeah, associate next year. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, Maloney, Awasa, Hauger, for sure, seven. Hadjar, eight. Vesti would be a disappointed with a P9, but considering mm. that at least put him that. Porsche, both of them. Well, there's a few notable ones. Vesti had little moments, but just couldn't quite to see him find, unlock that elite, elite pace. Porsche mm. just struggled the whole way throughout. He basically never looked like he was going to be in the top 10. He was allegedly very tired coming into this weekend, uh, was Porsche. So there's that. Yeah, and it, it should be noted as well, by the time Collie was rolling around, a bunch of them, I think it would have been Doohan, uh So the ones I know definitely are Doohan, Vesti, Porsche, Hadjar, I think maybe Maloney, and a couple of other, band, yeah, a couple of, there's like six or seven of them who had done um, FP1. Yeah, of course, in uh, Formula 1. And then had to jump straight back into a Formula 2 car. Literally, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the less consecutive sessions, maybe like half an hour or less between them. Which is definitely so, confusing. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, Porsche really struggled. Bearman had an absolute shocker. Bearman just... If whenever mm. he did half tease a lap, he'd make a mistake and something go wrong. He had a miserable weekend. Yeah, so rest of the grid's Vesti. Fittipaldi would take that sprint race pole. Then it was Correa just missing out. Nassani, Leclerc, Nassani had a Porsche. It's wild. Porsche, that yes. P14. Stanek, Boshong, Behrman, Cordiel, Crawford, Colapinto, and Aaron both out race, uh, comfortably out qualifying the now reasonably more experienced Josh Mason. Mm. But it was the bottom three you'd expect. There was a good half a second between Crawford and Colapinto, and then, yeah, yeah big yeah, drop yeah, off yeah, from Aaron yeah. to Mason. Um, but yeah, so we rolled into the Evercruiser sprint race. It's, it's front worth road. noting that Maloney, this was equal his best qualifying results on the season. Yes, never, I think yeah. qualifying, I think across the whole weekend, whilst we get to what happened to him, I think Maloney showed everything I expected him to show in this race weekend of finishing the season and strong pace-wise and everything. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we're left with a Fittipaldi and Fred Vesti front row for the sprint race. Porsche starting all the way down in 14th, and obviously that championship pitcher, 25 points back to Vesti from Porsche, and 39 points back to Awasa, who I believe was already eliminated at this point by virtue of not taking pole position. Yes. It was, because now there's only 37 points left. So that two-man fight, Porsche 25 points clear of Fred Vesti starting on the front row with Porsche six positions below the points when the race begun. Take it away, Jashan. You really set me up here. That was that was good. Bloody hell. I try my best. Now let's see how you stack up compared to the notes I took. 
<laughs> oh, is that what this is? You're going to make it a competition? Jesus. Always, always. <clears throat> I'm going to open this with actually it was a quote from my co-host. Not even half a lap into the sprint. Fuck, I love F2. That was what you messaged it's me true. while I was at Almost work. half of my notes for this uh, for the sprint race are purely... Because I've now started later in the season. It's going to stick forward. I've started putting like a sub column next to it where I uh-huh. denote lap number so I can better right. That's good. start Thank pulling you. for where things are in the race. Yeah. Uh, and almost half my notes are in the category of what I've defined as start or just lap one. <laughs> well, I, was the love... Part just seeing five Red Bull cars within like twenty meters. Well, of that track. was that was I think that was the Sunday race. It was just it was obviously no, if you want to get to it, it was the sprint. This so there's that. Uh, is there anything anything too much you have to say from the start? I thought Vesti oh, had a strong oh. start. That was notable. Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, Vesti stole the inside line to turn one, um, and was you know instantly battling with Fittipaldi. This is obviously like two very good drivers. We were expecting a fun battle. Um, Fittipaldi went. Deep under braking into turn five. So Vessi, yep. you know, he made a bit of a lunge. Didn't quite work out. Hadjar and Vashore kind of sneak on in there to make it a full wide situation down the back straight. This is some good stuff at this point in time. Both of the both of them managed to slip past Vesti and uh, all this of a sudden, is the point. This was the second. It was basically as I went through six seven is where I mm. dropped the fuck I love Formula Two. Ah, right. Because it's and- just like. We've we've seen some good stuff in the last couple of months in Formula One, but where have you seen something as just chaotic as this, mm. four wide down the straight, going everywhere? These huge like three guys yeah. who can do whatever they want, and then there's this championship contender who literally, if he crashes, it's done. Right in the middle of it, it was just it was just absolutely hectic. Yeah, oh, it's fucking fantastic stuff. But uh, unfortunately for Fred, he would lose out in this early battle and kind of come out fourth of those four guys behind Fiddy retaining the lead. Uh, I believe Vishore P two Hajar P three. No, no Hajar P two Vishore P three, and then Fred Vesti. Meanwhile, Theo Porsche just quietly had jumped from fourteenth to ninth, so he was looking good. Yes. Uh, a little bit scary. Um, and also, when you first messaged me that, like, the I love F2, I was like, dude, how much do you hate one Manuel Correa? Like, Jesus, <laughs> mate. Because obviously... Um... With a passion. <laughs> so he, so Correa spins out and kind of collects Victor Martins um, with him. So Correa's retired, Martins runs back out there, but he's running last. He's kind of out of, out of things, you know, regardless. Um... So moving forward, it kind of settles settles in for a little bit up until about lap six. Um, obviously, that's when the the yep. race actually restarted after the safety car that Correa brought yeah, about. Surprisingly long, very long safety car. I thought unnecessarily so. It wasn't a huge crash. It was a spin and oh. a crash. It wasn't a huge crash. Just, I don't know. Regardless, Nothing. just an incident. An incident in... Yes, quite. Fittipaldi aced his restart. He was fucking... He just kind of slid up in there. Very, very impressive. Immediately pulled, like, a good half a second clear of Hajar. And Vesti wasted no time either. So, he snatched third... Yeah, he began... Exactly right. He began his march. He he squeezed past Vashore down to turn six to snatch third. A very good move. And I... Oh, actually, no, I forgot to mention. It was actually at the start of the race. um, Fred... His, his, his engineer, I don't know who his engineer is. During, during the safety car, yeah. Yeah. Fred, it's a long race. I want to see elbows out. You've got nothing to lose. We need to win this. So elbows out. 
there's a long race ahead, it's going to come to us. Come on. Inspiring stuff. I loved it. I wrote it all down. I quoted it. It's good. So, subsidiary as well, the message then went out to um, Fittipaldi, where he's in yeah. got and said, just, just letting you know, They've they've said so they've you know got on the radio and told Vesti that he has nothing to lose and that yeah. we're yeah I agree absolutely the right call to Vesti like I thought that mm. I thought he possibly could have if he wanted to could have fought harder in that turn six seven battle on the first lap but mm. I think at that point backing out and copying the P four was sensible because that was too yeah. much that but from that point on absolutely one on one duels he did have nothing to lose like yeah obviously yeah. just banks the points if he crashed out it would have been done. But at the same time, if he came home piece five, it would have been all but done anyway. Yeah. So it was absolutely the right call to tell him that. I love the message to Fittipaldi where they said, look, Vesti's got nothing to know. They've told Vesti he's got nothing to lose. And Fiddy just went, I've got nothing to lose either. And his engineer basically went, fuck yeah, son. Absolutely. Let's do this. And from that point, you knew, you know, you knew it was on. It was, it was, it was going to be yeah, good. Yeah. It was on, much like Donkey Kong. I recently exactly. watched the Super Mario Brothers movie, by the way. It, it was, it was okay. It, it was a bit weird, but it was okay. Jack Black plays a very horny Bowser. Anyways, moving forward, <clears throat> uh, Jackie Doohan, he was kind of making his way back up uh, from P10. Um, made a nice move on Awasa. Um, Awasa kind of not really doing a whole lot in this race, although it kind of came home strong in the end. Porsche as well was trying to put together a charge of his own. Uh, made a very nice move for P8 from Kushmini, um, which is very sexy. And uh, yeah, at this point, Vesti's really, really pushing. He's hunting down Isaac Hadjar. I love this battle. I thought Hadjar and Vesti put on a show. It was about lap 10, I think, Fred t- uh, took P2 from We him. had Porsche. Porsche moved up to P7 on lap 9. And then, yeah, that lap 10 yeah. was the best you ever take for P2. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Vesti was in, um, he was in, he was just, he was in Danish mode, you know what I mean? Like that Danish just robot, like I'm just, t- I'm not taking no for an answer, brother. Oh, it Something was that- clinical. It really was. It was it was impressive. And now, obviously, the only man in his way is Enzo Fittipaldi. Yes. Um, Good nothing to lose. I don't know whether you heard. Uh, yeah, allegedly, neither of these guys had anything to lose. So they really were going for it, uh, not having anything to lose there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Vesti obviously had a bit of a gap. I think it was about two seconds to, to chase down. He then clocked two consecutive fast slaps on 12 and 13, which is oh, yeah, it was... just insane he was basically getting like two tenths um quicker each lap he was just getting faster and faster and faster yeah, there was a couple laps there where the actual like on-screen interval display didn't seem mm. to be coming down as much as what like the other graphics were saying he was clawing yeah. back each lap and then just all of a sudden it was like 1.2 seconds and there was still heaps of laps left and he was about to hit drs and i was like oh, okay that's it all right cool cool we're cooking we're cooking here we are let him go I, I can i he can see cooking. what he's doing he's uh He's cooking. He's cooking. Uh, Hajar would seed P3 to Vashore on lap 13. Vashore just all class. And Hajar, look, again, dude, he's he's got he's got glimpses, but he, there's something lacking. There's a, there's a killer uh, one of the better lacking. DRS trains of the season, though. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, oh, I want to say lap 17, Big Fred finally caught up to uh, Fittipaldi and was starting to make his moves. Um, there was a bit of a lockup by Enzo, which gave Vesti a chance, but Vesti also locked up to that turn five hairpin, so couldn't quite make it stick. But eventually, on lap twenty, after a very, very fun battle, he would make it stick. Another, another lockup from Fiddy, I think that final time, a big yeah. lockup into into six. Yeah, we saw a lot of it throughout this weekend. The, the, the nature of it, because it's it's interesting. A lot of places, 
like I believe Australia. Oh no, actually, Australia's not got it the same way. But like places like I believe Canada has DRS. I think down. I'm pretty sure it has DRS down the pitch straight as well. So I believe it's DRS down the last straight. Then you go through the Wall of Champions, and I'm pretty sure you DRS down the pitch straight as well. But that's all from like mm. one detection zone, two two spots, one that. Yeah. Like a lot of places where they basically are back to back, I always thought of that. But the nature of the Abu Dhabi, like you go that big, yeah, down the big back straight, or like the main straight, whatever, with that. But then through the 6 7 chicane, there's actually a second spot where they DRS detect. So if you slip by in that chicane, typically they will then have DRS on you. Mm. And so we did see it across both categories throughout all the races. You see a lot of you get past them. And they'll come straight back past you because then they've got that DRS, which did make it makes it interesting. Makes it like a a double a double brow battle. You've got to get through convincingly enough that they can't run back at you, or you've got to yeah, you know, hold back. And I think as the weekend went on, we saw more people probably employ the tactic to try and close right up and be at a spot, take a really nice line. Don't even try to go side by side. Take a nice line through six seven, and then just be right under that fucking rear wing onto yeah. the second straight, and just toast them into turn nine. Just toast them, baby. Toast them and roast them like a good old muffin. Which is how Vesti got him in the end, I believe. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, right. no, yeah. Yeah. Go on. Uh, so, at yeah, at the, end of, at the end of this, um, yeah, Vesti would hold on to the lead. Fucking fantastic, fantastic drive. I will I will happily concede that. Um, ahead of Fittipaldi, who not a bad drive himself. Richard Vashaw, I did predict him to get a feature race podium. Uh, unfortunately, not the case. But he did get a podium, so I'll take that as a win for me, personally. Shout out to Vashaw for getting a P3. And then I believe, what, Hadjar hung on to P4 ahead of... No, Victor. no, Hauger, Hauger got him on the final lap. Hauger got him on the final lap, yeah. Cheeky Dennis. Throughout a turn nine, a really good sort of undercutty move. We saw a lot of good ones. Yeah, People yeah. just really hanging on there through the long... And that's how they... We talked about it a bit, because uh, I thought this was a pretty good. Obviously, we're talking about. I thought this was a pretty solid F one race as well. Yeah. The track improvements. Uh, yeah, made, made a, a couple of years ago in Abu yeah, Dhabi. Sure. It is huge. Just having straight to the hairpin is much better, and compared to you, because obviously you'd remember from playing a little bit of the games how what it used to be where turn nine is now. Yeah. You sort of come yeah, through yeah, that. Yeah. It was a left, and then it was a right left, um, chicane. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, just that long that one flow corner. So much better for racing because there's multiple lines you can take through there. You can come in wide and undercut down on someone if you can mm. run a tight line. Vesti was really good all weekend long at running a really tight line, which meant he could get a good run up alongside people and that. And yeah, no, it's, it just makes battles, battling through there so much more interesting. It's so much better of a corner. I mean, I, I didn't. I, I thought the F1 race was a bit shit, but yes, this this sprint was quite fun. I enjoyed the sprint, uh, obviously with all the tension and what what not uh, added onto it. Um, so yeah, Hajar fifth ahead of oh Jesus Christ, was it Porsche in sixth or was it doing? No, it was crazy idea. Do you want, seeing as I've actually obviously organized enough to have the fucking results open, I'm going off by memory. I'm trying to flex on you, bro. Fuck you. Well, you're doing a terrible job. In fifth was Hajar, in sixth was doing, in seventh was Porsche, and eighth was. Was a there you go. That Aha. was the point. Maloney and Bamman just missing out. Yeah, yeah. So obviously uh, that leaves Fred Vesti just 16 points behind Theo Porsche. Because yes, he did. With... I think it must have been on like the last lap or two. Because Victor, at one point, I thought he was fucked in the fastest lap quest to get that extra point. Because obviously Martins with the pitting to fix the wing or whatever, the damage yeah. he got way up the back. His he grabbed mode. it with a few laps to go, and I was like, oh no, we're in trouble mm. here. But I think he grabbed it back possibly even on like the last lap or something. Mm-hmm. Which meant, yeah, 11 points to Porsche's nine, uh, sorry, to a nine point 
gain your 16 points into that feature race. Yes, indeed. So it was 26 points up for grab uh, in the feature race. So it's it's possible. It's on. Uh, Matthew, were you, were you hopeful? Were you excited? Were you like, this is going to happen? I um, still thought it was unlikely. Uh, mm. Look, I th- okay, I'll put it this way. I thought I had every confidence in Vesti to do his bit. Vesti needed to come yeah. at least third with a fastest lap. That's 16 points. I thought he could. I thought he could do better. I had every. I uh, you know, Vesti can win this race. The way the feature is, like in all honesty, weirdly, obviously, I would have just loved if he'd just been looked absolute pace of the field enough that he could have like qualified pole, had an easy feature race win, and just found a way to move up some points throughout the sprint to get the points that way. But weirdly, when it all went the way it did, starting front row for the sprint, I was almost happy with that. As a qualifying performance, oh, and if it looked a solid but not spectacular, say like P four, mm. just because I was like, this is a great because he's often time he has proved all season he's got really good race pace, yes, and he's got really good, I think he has perhaps the best race craft of the whole field. Yes, so the feature race, obviously Doan from pole, Martins from the front row, Miney P three, uh, well Miney stiff yes. by not getting to run an Alpine livery this weekend. Uh, definitely, definitely stiff. But How then again, they let they, they left other ones who we knew at leaving the Red Bull Academy. There's just no changing up of the, the yeah, they can be uh, doing absolutely now the start. Martins was a little sluggish, dropping below um, Kushmani, and there's sort of just again stuff going on all the way through that opening sequence down to turn five. It was a very intense first couple of corners. But then it got quiet, and it got quiet for a fair while. It should be said, I think, only across this sequence, Vesti gained a couple of spots up to P7. I think Teo Pocher gained two or three up to about P11. Uh, Vesti also one of the notables. Martins, interestingly, from the front row. Um, and Vesti, and I think Leclerc, the most notable guys running the alternate strategy of running along on the mediums rather than a short stint on the softs at the start. Uh, so lap seven, I believe, or end of lap six, when you first become eligible, I think a Wasser Porsche, the first two to dive into the pits to get off those soft tires, soft tires, and we saw obviously the rest of the sequence roll through. That much going on, which left Martins, Vesti, Leclerc up the top of the running order. Uh, Vesti slowly sort of closing in on Martins, as I said, showing strong pace all weekend. Probably just needed to unfortunately try and find away past maybe a couple of the guys in front of him if he could possibly even on that worst tire but also i think later on maybe took a lap or two too long to sort of try to charge through but yeah around finally lap 23 what, what happened to bamon and colapinto bamon did you watch the race? Was... yeah i just can't remember well, oh, Bamman Bamman had some kind of um, mechanical, like the engine went right, into yeah, yeah, like, yeah. shut off self-preservation mode to not completely blow up the engine. Right. Pinto, I cannot remember. But yeah, Bamman uh, just had a miserable finish to a miserable weekend. Yes. Quite. Clean sweep of the loser categories. But yes, lap 24. Um, so yes, lap 23, Vesti pitted. Lap 24, we then had um, the beginnings of what was a very long running uh Zane Maloney, Ayumo Awasa duel mm. as uh, Deadweight Ayumo Awasa just <laughs> horrific negative impact on Maloney's race. Um, again, it's just it's that double that double straight thing. Even if you can clear them down the first straight, you just set them up yeah. for them to come back at you. And yeah, it would be multiple laps of sitting behind Awasa, who was definitely slower than Maloney. 
and it was definitely yeah. Bernie Maloney time. Um, so that would go away. It wasn't like a jewel of the year kind of thing, but it certainly kept it interesting. And fun. Maloney was getting very frustrated on the radio. If by dead weight I mean, you mean supreme defensive driving, then yes. <laughs> yeah, Japanese. So if Perez is the Mexican Minister for Defense, does that make Awasa like the Japanese Minister for Defense? I guess so, yeah. Not bad. I'd put yeah. the Uwasa in charge of Japan's um, yeah, mainland yeah, yeah. expansion in the coming World War Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> lap 25. We saw... Oh, wasn't this a fun little sequence? So Vesti now pitted on the soft tyres compared to basically everyone except for Martens up the road from him on the mediums. And he ranges up on the back of a dueling Porsche and Miney and goes for the two-for-one special down the inside into five. Mm. Gets the job done on Porsche, but Miney, big bush kush, kind of forced off and just takes the straight line and rocket through the chicane to leave himself comfortably in front of both of them. And obviously, as we said, you get pass, they get that return serve of DRS. This let yeah. Porsche DRS back past Vesti. And then I think Miney and ran Miney. like ultra wide yeah, through yeah. nine, which did Porsche get past Miney in the end? Yeah, he pushed Porsche off track. And then Porsche was just like, all right, fine, I'll just rejoin ahead of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, then they, 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 yeah, they, they, they stuck around because they went side by side. They came out of nine, they went side by side around through that 10, 10, 11 kind of thing. Mm. And then 10, 11, 12. And then that ever tightening fucking. I, wanna, I, I love it, but God, it's a hard corner. Just fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apex into apex into apex. And yeah, then they both went real wide through 12, like off the track. Which the point of is here, Vesti found out, I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to cruise past both of them as they try to come back on the track proper. And now, uh, Miney was able to come back on quick enough, hard enough, he could just stay on the inside and stay clear of Vesti. And yeah, Porsche just went, no, nah, fucking see ya. Straight yeah, line yeah, the yeah. fuck out of this. Uh, no repercussions. Love to see it. Uh, no repercussion for Miney for a cut. No repercussion to Porsche for a cut. Both of them gained no. massive advantages in doing so. I, to be fair, yeah, yeah. Miney's was more egregious than Porsche's for me. I don't know. I reckon Miney was probably less warranting of a penalty, though. Oh. You're side by side and choosing to hang around on the outside of a corner that you can't hang around the outside of in the case of Porsche. He could have backed mm. out at any point through those three corners, which you normally do, and just let Miney drop in front. Leave to fight another day. Miney was just kind of there, and then suddenly DRS meant it was three wide into the six seven. Yeah, but surely at this point, at this point, Matthew, we are just letting them cook. <laughs> oh, it's like kind of did and kind of I don't know. It's that double edged sword. If you call it one thing all season, uh, who knows? What yeah, yeah, it no, that. of course. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, you know, playoffs. Just let the boys cook. Be fucking. Penalties don't count in postseason situations. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it was good, which meant Vesti still had to work back past both of them. Uh, he very quickly, I think... Oh, yeah, sorry. He then slipped up, used that tire event. He just went fucking through Miney at 15-16 instead. Very rare you see an overtake in the final quarter of Abu Dhabi. But Vesti was here to cook, and cook he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, lap 26, he would get past Vesti. Sorry, get past Porsche down into 6-7. Only for Porsche to power back past fucking half off the road, but it's fine. You can slip up that inside of Abu Dhabi. It's totally okay, and get back past him down into nine. Lap twenty-seven. He would now. He that's thing. He did it. This is the one where I think I think he did get fitty in the sprint into the chicane and fitty locked up bad enough. He couldn't come back. This yeah, one yeah, was where yeah. he did. He held back. He let Porsche lead through six seven, 
and then just torched him down the second straight, comfortably rounded up into nine. Porsche couldn't fight back. Bestie was gone for good. One lap later, same situation coming through this same part of the track. Maloney would finally get a wasser. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, meant yeah. we had. Now I'm gonna to jump to this more. I will actually say in my next one. I've got about five notes on lap thirty-three, and one of the last ones I get to is just a. Oh yeah, Dewan was in this race. Yeah, he did. He was checked out. I mean, I don't even know how much we really saw him in the actual broadcast, but if you watch the highlights package, I don't actually think Dewan is in a single clip up to, like, the start. He was just just gone. (laughs) No, exactly, exactly. (laughs) It was very... But, um, so Dewan and Martin is obviously fairly tough. Maloney was three or four seconds up the road, I think, two seconds up the road from, um... Vesti, when he got by with about six laps to chase them down, and he said about it, he got past Awasa fairly easily. Yeah. And then, yeah, closed back up onto Maloney. I'm going to be interested to get your take on this. I think it's a pretty obvious answer. But, yeah, closed up, DRSed him, you know, did the same sort of runs through the down the straight, 6-7, up the next straight, and they went side-by-side side with Maloney on the inside. And, uh, and again, the thing. once again, they've given Vesti a message, you've got nothing to lose. Maloney, obviously, with nothing to lose. And they just went hard wheel-to-wheel and just sort of running around that, sort of drifted into each other. Contact, which just looped around Maloney's car. And he must have, like, semi-stalled or something because he finished, like, last. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Fired off a bit. He actually got airborne, and I was worried he was going to, like, fire yeah. into the fence or something, which was going to be, oh, no, don't end like this. But he was able to hang it up, hold it together, come back onto the track, bring it home with a line across P3. Obviously, a judged a racing incident. Any mm. any issues with it being called as such? No. I guess not. Yeah, yeah no. both, both yeah. of their faults. It's, it's heartbreaking for Maloney. I don't even really think anyone was at fault. Because if anything, like, I, I, mean, I think, I don't know how mm. you could ever possibly pin this on Vesti as the guy on the outside, and there's a whole track inside. Like, they mm. were going side by side, and if you look, if you watch the onboard from Maloney, there's just a t- like the tiniest bit of counter-steer correction he does sort of halfway through the corner, where I probably just yeah. breaks a little bit loose. And that obviously means he just drifts that little bit into Vesti, and again, it's just the balancing of cars when you're halfway through a high-speed corner and stuff like that. You make that bit of contact and just round you go. There's nothing. I've not seen anything from Maloney post-race of being like, you know, fucking fuming at it. Just disappointed that, you know, even if he was losing the podium, a good result in P4 thrown away. But yeah. really, what what's the difference if you finish like ninth or 10th in the standings or whatever? It's more That's about what he showed this weekend in terms of being on the pace and competing with the elite of the field. And you again, for Vesti at this point, he had, well, regardless of that, he had to finish P3 and then hope that Porsche crashed to the last couple of corners. We didn't even get to P3, it didn't matter. Yeah. Well, exactly. So he was never backing out of it. Vesti would have happily. And he got was the job do done. Thing. Like he did his part. And that's, like you that's said. one thing I'd like to say about Vesti's drive all weekend with that radio messages we heard throughout of telling me there's nothing to lose. Obviously, we've seen plenty of guys, but like just compared to other people at times, I think even his whole season, he's, his composure is probably the biggest thing I've taken away from his season. But just mm-hmm. even in this, just this, the introspective to this weekend, if you want to compare it, like there was no, you know, okay, we've got nothing to lose. We've got to get the win in the sprint. We've got to get to the podium in this feature. There was no, you know, ridiculously audacious, what the fuck was Teo Porsche doing RKOing someone in Saudi yeah. Arabia? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. Was, there, wasn't, there wasn't even the, you know, that's fine, it's really a racing incident, but come on, that's a bit cheeky. 
Oscar Piastri escorting <laughs> Liam Lawson wide at the hairpin kind of move. Dangerous he raced with man. nothing to lose in the go for it, but every move was fair, clean. He just, you know, gave it his maximum. Didn't go, oh, I'll just take it a bit conservative to bank points for the championship. But there was nothing, no reckless driving and dangering of any of those around him. And even like this one, like, yes, if he'd been on the inside and just pushed for a gap that wasn't there and spun Maloney, I think it'd be a different story. But he just held it on the outside, which he's quite right to do. And I think this was a case where I was like, look, I'm in the position. I'm I'm not taking air out here. If I, I'm just going to try to hold it here. And if it ends up in me in the fence, so be it. But I'm just yeah. going to hold it here and hope for the best because I have to get this spot. Maloney could have backed out and given him the spot. He chose not to. I don't think either of that. And yeah, I, that just, you know, yeah, impressed me. As it was, Porsche did not magically crash in the last Well, this is the thing. Because... And I wanted to mention that uh, Porsche as well. Like, he's done the crazy shit before, but he, he kept his cool in this race. Oh, I yeah, I get to see it finish up. So that was just that. Doing crossing the line, doing Martin's bestie, your final feature as podium of the year. So a, P- a podium I'm exquisitely happy with. Turns out it wasn't. The, so maybe the kids aren't all right based off the weekend they all had. <laughs> <laughs> Bam and miserable. Maloney a bit unlucky. And Hadjar just yeah. a bit of a nothing burger. But yeah, and Porsche. Uh, Hadjar yeah, got eighth. Hadjar eighth and he tenth was, for Crawford. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Feature. He wasn't that. He was actually, he was, he was solid. Solid, if not spectacular. I was super, super impressed with everything. Like, Vesti came into the weekend basically having to be perfect and yeah look obviously you want to come take pole in that situation both of them had a hard task with the qualifying session with having fresh off being in the f1 cars obviously doing put it on pole but you know it comes out i don't think besties are say most noted for his qualifying i don't even know if i'd say mm. Teo is either compared to what victor and jack typically do yeah but they most so they both had a hard task to do and like honestly if we want to segue, if we're happy to segue straight into sort of winners and losers, can I just jump straight in? They're, they're both of them for mine, massive winners of the weekend. Because both Wait. just did everything. Porsche and Vesti? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're going to sure. be like, oh, Vesti loser of the weekend or something because he lost the championship. I'm not going to do But I think that. he did, that's the thing. There's other stuff that happened prior to this weekend in the season. That's I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why he lost the championship. And you're going to tell me because he spun and spa. Because his pit crew didn't put his wheel on properly. Yeah, that, that, that was race. the big one. That was it. He lost it then and there. And the fucking tangling or whatever he had in Monza as well when he could have mm. been in a good spot in the feature. Yeah. And also the spin. That's the thing. It was basically three straight rounds of sort of once in probably his whole career. Well, once in his whole career, once in his whole career. And just this is what happens when you're a little bit out of position, but it was still pretty rough yeah. to have happened to him for three straight weekends and feature races, and bam. Bam and the dirt is gone, brother. Bam and the dirt is gone. Vesti took win 11 points and 15 points for second. He got 26 points for the weekend. He did his bit. He closed down that margin, and Porsche made sure to score just enough points that I thought they were both clinical. I thought both of them showed why they're absolutely... If There may not be seats there for them, but both of them showed they're absolutely Formula 1 ready and Formula 1 material, I think, this weekend and this season as a whole. Yeah, problem is, the um, I think I think the three main guys will suffer from this. It's it's Doohan, it's Porsche, and Vesti. The F1 yes. grid is so closed well, off this right is, now. Just, this is why I have a question I did want to pose to you. Mm. Obviously, obviously, those two assume that. So, 
ignoring whether or not they will get seats, because you're normally asking me this question, so I want to throw it sort of back the other way. Now, okay. you can include the rookie kind of guys in this if you want, if there's someone you feel really strongly with, but I was kind of thinking leave those guys out of it. So of, of the more experienced guys, unless you feel, as I said, really strongly on one of like Maloney, Bam, and Martans and that, who in this field, from everything you've seen over them in the few years of doing this show, who, regardless of whether they actually ever yet get a seat at the table, who do you think are the Formula One quality, Formula One ready guys in this field? Right now? Yes. Or like potentially in the future? I'm I'm more talking again, if you think I said if you think Martins would be ready to go to Formula One next year, I'll take it. Mm. But I'm just talking that's why I'm more saying like of the veteran guys. So Porsche Avesti yeah, okay, doing yeah, a Wasa, Vashaw, right. Hauger, all of that. I'm more like who who do you see as the F one guys here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Porsche, Vesti, and Richard Vashaw. Really? Yes. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being really nah, dead ass. Vashaw is a gun, and if he had more backing, he would be in a top team, and he would be winning this. Like he would be winning races. So you, you're truly over Vashaw, over Jack Doohan. Everything we've seen for Doohan for two seasons. Do- yeah, Doohan is great, but he's so inconsistent. Like the second half of this season, fuck yeah, absolutely. First half, he was shit. I don't want that yeah. in a driver. I don't want I want consistency. My other three you guys I've named are consistent. Fair enough. See, for mine, it is I all of the top four. All of the top four, mm. I think, merit a Formula One seat. Whether but Yeah, I mean I would like to say a while, so but I think he needs more time as well. There's a big difference between Yeah, I'm not I say I this okay. I'm not necessarily asking you who do you think will go in and succeed in Formula One or whatever. All, all four of these guys, I think, have shown more than enough that they merit getting that opportunity, and it will be a shame if it doesn't materialize. Mm. I think, for mine, they're the only four. I do get what you're saying about for sure, but I also think if people truly felt he was that level, even without the backing, a bigger team... Because the bigger teams, yeah, the guys, all everyone does have backing, but like everyone has backing to be here. The bigger teams pick their drivers... Because, well, either they've got the academy backing, and you have academy backing because you're seen mm. as the best of the best, or because they really feel that this is a guy who is going to, and best, for sure, has never you know, been given that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily disagree. He definitely punches above his weight. But hey, but look, no, you know I... who should get a chance before all of these guys is Felipe Drogovic. Yes, yeah, so um... I think Drogovic falls in that same category as well. And who knows, we could still have an off-season where Lance decides not, pulling up stumps. But yeah, all of them all of them sit in really hard pathways. Porsche, yeah. Bottas has still got another year or two on contract. Why would they let Joe go just yet? Vesti, mm. Hamilton doesn't seem like he's going at that, so is a seat lower down the field? Mercedes want to try to plug him into doing mm. again. Don't see a seat opening up at Alpine. Awasa has the best chance and is perhaps the most egregious omission. Especially because I was discussing with someone else the point that is part is there an element because we always talk about, you know, Sergeant and Joe have that big drawer of the American market, the Chinese market. Yes. That's a fair point. You shouldn't discredit Sonoda and that Japanese market. Oh, absolutely. But if one of the big reasons they're keeping Sonoda is because he's Japanese, well we've seen what Sonoda can do. Yeah. And you've got another Japanese Honda Red Bull driver right there. Who might yeah. be able to do more? So why not just yeah. put him in? Um, but yeah, but no, I, I think it's 
I think all four of those, all for different reasons, Porsche has found that consistency this season, which lacked the first two Agreed. years. Yeah. Big tick. Vesti, honestly, I think I see Oscar levels of composure and maturity from Vesti, if not same level of ability. Mindset-wise, he just just always strikes me so... Like, it literally took his fucking wheels coming off for him to actually lose his call this season. Otherwise, yes. he just took yeah. everything as it came and was clinical. Most When shit wild shit wasn't happening, he was pretty clinical all year long. Doing his just raw pace and potential, which probably mm-hmm. still needs more refinement. Yeah, And Awasa is... A bit of everything. Somewhere in a package. A bit, a little bit of everything. Has some great race crafts and brilliant overtaking ability. A lot of raw pace. Probably still, I think the Super Formula of the Year should be really good. I'm very excited for that, or yes. Or Awasa. I want to shout out, like, shout out to Teo Porsche for winning it all, but only winning one race. Like, that's oh, insane. Great. That's so really, sick. <laughs> he's, he's done, he's, it's weird, he's done exactly what our last two champions in Piastri and Drogovic did. But he's yeah. also done it completely different. Like, the last two mm. champions, you'd really say, because they've ended up that, like, Schumacher was more of that was year was so chaos, the first COVID year or whatever. Oh, yeah. The yeah, last yeah. two champions, really, really consistent, just always there, always accumulating points. That's what, frankly, got them over some of their rivals. Like, last year, Porsche struggled with consistency. Drogovic was just nothing but consistent. But... Oscar and Drogovic won a lot of races. I remember Oscar won on that streak. He won like the last like five fucking feature races or something. Yeah, so, yeah, it was it was mental. Like they, that Porsche is it? Yeah, one win all year. Just a lot of podiums and a lot of always finding his way up into the top five. And that, and like obviously, and yeah, that like obviously, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, I deserve it. Yeah, it's the the spot where it is because Vesti over the races where they were both actually properly competed, I think Vesti outscored him, because it was, what, a nine-point gap in the end. And Vesti had three straight feature races where you can point to, through either minimal to no fault of his own, no points. But as you said, yeah, he was on for, I can't remember exactly how many, but he was on for good points. Certainly it would be like, oh, this would be like a one- or two-point margin if uh, Zambut didn't happen. It was yeah. also, obviously, this is much more of him, but I still think what happened to him in Spa, whilst it is his mistake, that's such a, like, it can happen to anyone, but it's such a freak occurrence that happened. It's just one of those things. Not like, oh, God, this guy's an idiot. It's just, fuck, that's really unfortunate to be him that happened to someone in championship potential. Because if that incident happens to Jack Crawford, you're just kind of like, oh, that's unfortunate. Move on to the next weekend. Happened to Vesti, championship implications. And same with getting tangled up and stuff, being in the mid-pack in Monza. But, that's it. Porsche did everything he needed to do. He just ground, ground, ground away. Yeah, he just stuck it out. And I look, at the start of the season, we we kind of... I don't think either of us picked Porsche to actually win, because it was a bit like, you yeah... You picked him second, I, I picked, picked him, him third, second. Yeah, because it was like, okay, look, he's got the talent, but he's also choked quite consistently in the past he's made yes he didn't he didn't make his mistakes this season um this is yeah this is the best i've seen Porsche since the 2020 f3 season against piastri where he came home really strong to finish p2 behind him just yeah so impressive stuff and also at the start of the season we mentioned that unless he dominated the field he should not have earned an f1 seat but obviously you've changed your mind regarding that is that just because the rest of the field have been so impressive or um a little bit of that but i think just 
I thought, oh, he has to blow them all away. And he's not mm. done that, but he's done something different, which is arguably just as impressive. Right. Just so again, the way that yeah, as I said, the way he's driven, the the ultra consistency, even though he's not just able to dance away at the wins like we looked like he was going to after he blistered Bahrain. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that the fact that he's he's found himself in bad positions at times, like with these qualifying performances, but he always finds a way to rectify it enough, still come mm. away with something good. It's so he's not just gone raw blistering speed domination, which would have been okay, give him a seat. But yeah. he's shown He's showing some of the other intangibles, the other things that I think are sometimes hard to... Like, you can approach racecraft, but there's certain aspects of it. Yeah. Of yeah, just yeah. having a bit of... Just that, almost that, like, it fact. Just, just that that's something that you can see there in guys who can do great things. Like, we see it. Like, Max, obviously Max is good to pick like that. But Max always recovers to an incredible position, yes. no matter how poorly he starts. Lewis always recovered to an incredible position, no matter how poorly he starts. I love him to bits... But Carlos Sainz starts 16th and recovers to not finish in the points. Yeah. And that's kind of that difference. That's so, a fair shout. You know. It's a fair shout. That inexorable quality to like work your way through um, the pack. Um, but yeah, winners and looters. Lunas. Lunas? Losers. You're taking both yes. Vesti and Porsche. Is that like one for you or is that two? Well, two I, I have this different thing. I'm happy that there's that. I'm happy to. I'm happy if we even want to say scrap them off. I've got enough names that we can scrap those two. And no matter mm. what you say, I'll still have three names. So yeah, if we want to suspend those two and just go obvious winners because for the weekend, the season, both of them have impressed us so much. Because I don't think either of us, as much as I love Vesti, probably felt they were in that bracket of absolute locked in, or in Vesti's nah. case, even like, yes, should be going to Formula 1 at all. And I think we both arrived at a conclusion at the end of the season of if the seed ever presents, yes, give this guy a chance. They're more than He's pretty to. good. He's pretty damn good. So, and considerably improved from last season when I thought he was distinctly average. He's he was pretty can, fucking good. I'm, this te- year. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, mate. Zoss is in Zoss is in fucking trouble next season. Oh, Martin oh, Martin's has put a pretty impressive campaign together. Yeah, but you reckon basically we've seen Martin's Martin's probably left enough points on the table to be fucking in the title fight as well. Mm. That second seeded AR teammate, it his it was cursed when it was Armstrong. It was cursed when Porsche joined and kind of forced Lundgaard into the number two role. It was cursed last season when it was whoever the fuck was with Porsche last season. Oh, Vesti. And it's curbing curse this season for Marte. The second seed at ART is not good. Agreed. Agreed. Um, who are the rest of your winners? You are a winner. You are a loser. So do you want three names for me or just one other on top of those two? Um, uh, dude, you know, I'll count those two as one and do two more for me. Okay. Uh, so Vesti and Porsche are packaged together. Um, all right. I'll go for the Alpine Academy. They won okay. two, three. They won two, yeah. three poly. Nice. They won. They won to the feature with doing a Martins. Miney picked up points in the feature, and doing a Martins. Oh, sorry, doing Martins that, but doing doing was pretty solid in the sprints mm. as well. I think all three of them showed in doing cases he goes out of the sport. Why he's been an academy driver all this time? Why yeah. Alpine picked him up when he got released by Red Bull? 
arguably the fact that Red Bull was wrong to drop him. Because here's one thing. I, I do truly believe if, if, Red, if Jack was still with Red Bull, I would be fucking fighting the good fight that Jack should be on that grid next season. Probably alongside Lawson. But Jack should be on that yeah, grid next yeah, season. Because yeah, yeah. I've seen enough uh, to give him a go. The racism but comes out. He wants an all-white lineup at Red Bull. What a surprise. You're goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as it is, they let him go. He went to Alpine, and there is not a seat there. Uh, so, yeah, Alpine, I think they, I, they've got a really strong academy right now. Whatever they choose mm. to do with doing, whether he parts plays with them or whether they reserve drive room and something. Yeah, I mean, and, and you got Nicolas Solov just, like, banging down the door there as well. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, mate, dominating down at F3. Yeah. Uh, and my final one I will go with is... You know what? I'm going to take Dennis Hauger for closing out. Well, it wasn't a spectacular weekend on paper. You look at it. But he closed out that, that battle, we said, for P8 in the championship between Maloney, Vashore, and Hauger. And Hauger took 11 points for the weekend and comfortably stitched that up. He was in trouble up until mm. the point. Oh, he, no, he, he still would have done just enough, even with Maloney running in P3, to wrap up yeah. P8. So I think that's needed. I think that's a decent finish for him. I do truly believe with the top four all exiting this category, him effectively being fourth highest of the returning drivers and it not being... Antonelli is such an unpredictability. In theory, he enters fourth of the four returning of the, of the returning drivers. I think I'd back him over any of the F3 rookies. I'm unsure about Antonelli and Miata. I think mm. I'd back him over Fiddy based off quality of ride for next season. <laughs> he's absolutely a top three, top five at worst title favorite for me next. Yo, F- I mean, with really... Hauger, he's he's gone. He finished tenth in twenty twenty two with one hundred and fifteen points. He's finished eighth this season with one hundred and thirteen points. And next year he's going to roll out and get three hundred points in an unprecedented level of domination. <laughs> Pull out a Felipe Dragovich, go crazy. You're really leaning into this Dennis Hauger situation. God damn. I don't know. I'm just I'm curious to see free of the Red Bull Academy. Rolling back in a seat, he's now very familiar with. This is what year year two with them, right? Yeah, because um, it was Premier last year, and then he and Drew yeah. both jumped to MP. Yeah. yeah, year two at a team, year three in the category, gone from the Red Bull Academy, less pressure. I think I'm I'm curious to see what he does. But yeah, so my winners are the championship pair of Vesti and Porsche, the Alpine Academy, and Dennis Halder. Okay, not too bad, not too bad. Um, the Alpine Academy and Dennis Hauger. I'll, I'll go with ART, obviously getting the Constructors' yep. Championship in the end. And, you know, it's worth noting that they didn't make any crazy mistakes like Prema did with Vesti's wheel not getting attached. So, you know, just this consistency. Pretty, pretty handy stuff for them. And just purely in terms of this weekend, they actually had two drivers contribute. Yeah, which definitely helps. Not mentioning any names. Shout Ready? out to the teddy bear. <laughs> oh Jesus! I've also got the 2024 title fight written down. I think oh, Victor yeah. Martins. Okay. Victor Martins comes in as the favorite, uh, just about ahead of Oli Behrman. And then you know your Maloney's, your Antonelli's, your Haugers, your Miatas, obviously your Rafael Bilal Gomez's. Um, it's going to be a tight one, for sure. Um, Josh Dirks and keen to see what he can do. But no, regardless, I think I think it's going to be a fun one. Like how will the how will guys like Bordaletto go? How will Miney go with a better car? Does he can he turn those qualifying results into genuine points? Who knows? I'm excited for what next year will bring. Um, Jesus, and uh, my third winner. 
Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know. You still got, I've still got three names written down that you've not said. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say... I'll say... Oh, I'll say Zane Maloney. Even though he got yeeted in the feature race, he was very impressive. Yep, he was very fair. impressive all weekend. I was I was pleased with the his performance in qualifying, equaling his best qualifying of the season, and he was very good in the feature. Should have got that podium were it not for an un unfortunate and unlucky incident so uh yeah i'll take big brain zane that's fair but mm. neither of us boldly neither of us taking jack doing the dominant driver of the weekend well i kind of because you said at alpine academy so i just left that's that that's fair because i had martin's in there as well i also had virtuosi yeah yeah oh virtuosi yeah because they won so. out there they went out their battle in the championship did they really did they yeah oh yeah they beat dan no they didn't beat they beat MP. Oh, yeah, it's true. They beat MP. Nice. Yeah, they were behind MP. Shout out to MP for losing. Fuck you. Should not have hired Jahan Daruvula. The man is trash. Okay, moving forward. My losers. Um, Number one, the kids. So, uh, Matt? That's fair. The kids were... <laughs> hey, look. All I'm saying is the kids aren't all right is an objectively better song than the kids are all right. But yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. not what you wanted to see from the uh, kids this weekend. No, not at all. Uh, number two, I've got to do it. Uh, Yumu Wasa wasn't bad this weekend. Some, you know, scored points in both races, qualified quite decently, but unfortunately, you know, he came in with the slimmest, slimmest, slimmest of hopes that he could win the title and came away with it, uh, dropping Slipping a place behind to Jack P- Dillon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a shame. So, Owasa's there. And I'll, I'll end on Campos. Uh, purely because they ended the season on 99 points, which I think is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, there's a lot of teams you could take from this. Um, oh, yeah. All right, well, my first one I'm going to go is just to offer the different perspective. I actually think, now that I think about it a bit more from when I wrote it down earlier this morning, your argument makes that. Considering I went for Vesti, I went like... Interest, almost like introspective to like the weekend rather than I don't know, I just, different ways of doing it because I was like, oh, Vesti mm. lost the championship, still think he's a winner. I actually had Maloney written down as a loser, even <laughs> though like, he showed he showed so much to me this weekend that I've got a lot to be confident about. I'm also like, I just went for the yeah, but he didn't bank any points from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of redundant at this point, but and it's just that. So I, that's just to be a different way of looking at it. Oh, but totally I, I'd fair. probably be more inclined to say that. Um. I mean, look, Ollie Behrman's so obvious that it doesn't even need to be touched on. Um, yeah. I'm not, doesn't concern <laughs> me at all for going into next season, but not the way I wanted him to finish. Because compare it to what he did for me and the final round of F3 last year, where mm. it was so like, oh my God. Like, I've been, imp- I've been impressed with him throughout the year, but it was truly Monza, where yeah. his drive was just so electric that I was like, okay, this guy is him. And I still think he's him because yeah. I've seen I've seen the moments this year, but yeah, just a juxtaposition. The absolute like went out with just oh, all guns are blazing last year in F three, absolute whimper this year in F two. Um, yeah. So Maloney, I'm going to take Prema for losing. Well, I'll take the com- combination of Prema, Dams, and MP for mm. losing. So just the teams that lost their little jewels. Premo lost out to ART. Dams lost out to Carlin. Well, Dams, they couldn't catch Carlin in mm-hmm. the end. 
uh, hampered by not as much from well, both drivers as you'd like, really, and MP for losing out that battle to Virtuosi. And my final one, it's kind of a season-long loser, but it was such a bad season, and they failed to do anything about it this year. Fum. <laughs> they got no points, points this weekend, which means Zero they got points. no points for the season, which looks really bad when 10th place Trident, with mm. hardly a capable driver between the pair of them... <laughs> In fact, their only their, their best moment of the season was a Novelak uh, win, and he didn't even make it to year's end. Got yeah. forty three points. Totally fair, brutal. Jesus Christ, fum by fum now, not by shrews. They're, they're, they're trash. Um, I also had the Red Bull Junior team for their kind of confusing decisions. Yeah, regarding... that's fair. Well, I had I had Crawford and um, Fee also written down as losers of the weekend. Yeah. That's so yeah, fair. No, that's fair. It's a weird one, but yeah, that's. Yeah, winners and losers. Winners and losers. I keep mis mis saying losers. Uh, of our what for the last time this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah, yeah. It was a Let's you know see. what the the last ten laps of that feature race were so good that you just watch that on repeat and oh, you'll have absolutely. a fun time. It was it was a great finish to year. It's been a good fun year. As you said, I'm excited for that, and I'm looking I'm looking forward to recapping it all next week on the Year of You podcast, handing out some mm. grades. Hell fucking yeah. Things. Cannot wait to um find a way to justify giving Bearman the highest grade of the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Come on. You could probably get away with it with Vesti, but I don't know about Bearman. Who, who, do, who do you think was the pick of the field this year, Matt? Oh, well, obviously, it was P3 finisher Jack Doohan and Amori Cordillo. Yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. That's the spirit. But yeah, this has been our Abu Dhabi review. I've been Jashan, and he has been Matt. Make... Fred Vesti, an F1 driver again. Make Fred great again? Yeah, okay. Yes. All right, for sure. Richard Make for Fred sure Vesti again. Yes! So we'll end on that. But shall we move on to the racing? Who who's the best nerd in Big Bang Theory? Sheldon. Oh, I disagree. He's if not nerd. Raj. Oh, Raj way better character. How'd you like Raj? How was the worst though? That guy is I think we can oh. yeah, hundred percent. Oh my god.